my loves. I am so happy and so pleased to announce that this episode is brought to you by my very own company, Savage Chocolates, which is all about cultivating a more loving relationship to your body and to food. You know, we don't really believe in guilty pleasure. We just believe in pleasure done well. And have you ever had that uh, candy bar or a thing of ice cream and you eat it and you're like, wait, I don't, I don't remember eating that. (laughs) Wait, where'd that go? (laughs) Well, that's why I created Savage Chocolates because I know the importance of pleasure. And I think that we don't slow down enough to actually experience it. And so... If you are wanting to eat mindfully, if you are wanting to be reminded of how to actually experience your pleasure, then please go to www.savagelosangeles.com to order your goods. All right, you guys, let's get to it. Well, hello. Hi. (laughs) Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank Um, you. What a gift to be able to talk to you today and just kind of hear about about what you're creating in the world. Um, Can you, for people who are new to you and your work, can you give us just a little like elevator moment of what you do and who you are? Sure. So I am an acupuncturist in private practice. My name is Christine DeLosier. I specialize in sexual health. So I treat patients looking to have better sex. And I've been I've been doing that for quite some time. But my, you know, I, I decided to bring my other passion into my practice, which is nutrition and uh, you know, and diet. So What I do with my patients is I talk to them about what they eat. I talk to them about what they could be eating to support their treatment goals. And so, you know, having a background in science, I did train to be a research scientist. I didn't pursue a career in that, but I'm very familiar with research and comfortable with it. So what I decided to do was take a look at what the medical literature had to say about this issue. How much evidence was there to support that what we eat affects, uh, you know, our sexual function? And then how should we be eating? You know, what's mm. the best way to eat to have the best sex? And so I poured through, I spent countless hours reviewing clinical and epidemiological research to come up with the best diet for great sex. And, and I found that the answer to whether or not what we eat affects sex is a very, very strong yes. Absolutely it has a profound effect on sexual pleasure because, you know, when, when we think about great sex, we think of a psychological phenomenon, you know, where it's the right person, it's the right mood and in the right situation, but physiologically great sex is when our nerves are firing strong, rapid impulses to and from the genitals. Mm. It's when our blood vessels are delivering adequate blood flow and it's when our sex hormones are balanced Mm. and food can affect this both in the short term and in the long run. I mean, in the short term, what you eat can dump your testosterone, you know, very quickly within like an hour or two after eating, you know, or conversely, what you eat can, can actually improve blood flow within a couple hours. I mean, granted, obviously, you know, when you eat consistently well, you know, long-term, you're going to have the best sex, but you can get some, you know, some changes even right after a meal. Wow. That is 
so incredible. And, you know, it's like these, these things that are integrated into our everyday experience, like food and hopefully like sex, it's like, they're so, so important. Um, and yet so many of us are so disconnected, um, from both how we actually nourish ourselves. And I think also in this time and space where we're actually in some ways more connected than ever, we're completely starved for actual intimacy. Um, I would love to know, you know I, I ask all of my guests this because I do firmly believe that we kind of take our mess and we turn it into our message. And, and so I would love to know about why you got into this. What was your catalyst for learning more about nutrition, acupuncture, and sexual health? Sure. So I actually was a school counselor for 10 years and, um, but my passion was in alternative medicine. And, you know, I would ask my students when I was kind of trying to guide them, you know, to their, their career path, I'd say, you know, what are you passionate about? Mm -hmm. What do you find yourself doing when nobody's telling you to do something when you're not, you know, when nobody's saying, do your homework, what are you doing on your free time? (laughs) And for me, it was immersing myself in you know, every piece of information about alternative medicine that I could get my hands on just because I have this intrinsic motivation to learn um, about health from the most natural way possible. I love mother nature. I love, um, I I love being outside. I I love, um, you know, and, and so I brought that into my philosophy for health, which is that Mother Nature usually knows best, and the closer we stick to um, how nature intended for us to eat, the better we're going to experience pleasure. The better we're going to experience life, you know. So health, everything, and that's that's where I got to be there. As far as sexual health, um, I was in my private practice, and I was treating what most acupuncturists treat—a lot of back pain, a lot of you know, neck pain, headaches, things like that. And one day, one of my patients came in and asked me if I could help him to have stronger erections. Mm. And so I said, sure, yeah, we can, we can give it a go. It's something obviously we train for in, in school, but it's not something we typically treat a lot of. Um, you know, we treat fertility a lot more often than people actually ask us for help with that. Mm. So I told him where I was going to be needling him thinking, oh no, he's, this is going to just sound so strange to him. I mean, I, <laughs> I needled my patients in the perineum, which is like, it's a very intimate area. It's yes. between the anus and testicles or, or vagina. And I suggested this to him thinking, oh my God, he's going to think I'm this pervert, you know, <laughs> and, <laughs> but he was like, yeah, sure. No problem. <laughs> so Go off. Hats he off was my him. first one. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, he, he got great results. He was so happy the next time I saw him and him and his wife had, you know, they were, it, it really brought joy to their relationship and it helped them to connect more. It made me so happy to hear that, especially because that's something that's really hard to treat. Um, you know, we spend a lot of money. We spend a lot of focus on, you know, pills and, and all sorts of things to, to do this. And the fact that it could help was really impressive. Mm. So then I treated other patients who also got really good results. And I said, you know what, this is something that really has the potential to, to help people to really bring joy to their lives. And so I decided to, to specialize in it. 
That's so fantastic. And when I think about the intersection of, of bringing joy and also like, I, I can't even imagine too people who come to you with trauma and people who come to you with so much restriction and resistance. I'm sure that's, that's so, so potent and powerful. Yeah, absolutely. Because sex can be one of the most wonderful experiences in our lives. It can bring so much to the human experience. And when we have, you know, when, when we have history of trauma, it just completely, you know, it's so present in our intimate relationships and experiences with our partner that, um, you know, the ability to work through those and fully enjoy sex is such Mm -hmm. a beautiful thing. Mm. So for men and for women, do you find that there are many overlaps in types of food that we should be eating to increase our sexual health or how do you, how does that work? Are they totally separate? No, they're actually, it's pretty much the same, (laughs) the same, all the literature out there is the same. We want great blood flow. We want strong, rapid nerve impulses, and we want balanced sex hormones that Eating isn't different between male and female sexual health. The hormonal balance is different. You know, um, for great sex, uh, males tend to do better with higher testosterone and lower estrogen, although estrogen is very important as well. Mm-hmm. And for females, it's the opposite. We um, do better with uh, higher estrogen and, and lower testosterone. But again, mm-hmm. let, plenty of females take testosterone supplements to boost their libido. So it's it's is as important as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but eating well for that is, um, you know, is the same. We want to balance those sex hormones. Our, our diet very much affects that. It affects that whole entire trifecta of great sex. And so we can go on, uh, you know, we and our partner who may be of a different um, sex than us can go on the same diet and both be having better sex. Okay. So if we were all to like magically get our kitchen stocked full with one thing that everyone ah. should start eating, just like <laughs> Vinny Vinny Vici, go, what would it be, if anything? Okay. So, well, let me tell you a little story. <laughs> tell me everything. <laughs> okay. So, um, human beings, we're in so many ways, we have so many pathetic aspects to, our, to the way we behave. I mean, Every single other animal on earth that's not domesticated knows what they should eat. You know, right. they, they know what's healthy. They know what's best. You know, they choose this plant over this plant because they just know. Human right. beings, we've lost our way. We don't know what's best for us, you know. And, and we have such, it's so far off the mark that, you know, one of us eats one thing and the other person eats just the opposite. And, you know, to, to be healthy. So one of the things I wanted to do in, in writing the book was look at other primates, you know, how do other primates eat? Because they are our cousins. What do they eat in the wild? And, and, you know, maybe that'll give us a little bit of, um, you know, some guidance. Um, but in addition, we, we, I did look at lots of human beings as well, but primates, if you look at them, they're constantly eating leaves and fruit, you know, they sit in trees, they eat loads and loads of leaves. And in doing so, they get many times the amount of certain minerals in their diet and for certainly potassium. So the absolute best thing that you could possibly stock your fridge with would be leaves of any sort, whether it's romaine lettuce or spinach, green leaf, kale, cilantro, parsley, all of these green leaves have all these phytonutrients that 
keep our inflammation low. They protect our nerves and our blood vessels so that our blood vessels remain elastic and able to deliver adequate blood flow. It keeps our nerves firing strong, rapid impulses. And in our modern society, we're exposed to all sorts of things that damage our nerves. They cause oxidative stress from the air we breathe to the food we eat, to our stress, our lifestyle, our lack of exercise, um, the so much processed foods that we put in our body. So leaves have um, lots of phytonutrients and antioxidants, which will keep your nerves firing strongly and will actually speed up, you know, they'll, they'll make them the most, uh, you know, they'll bring optimal um, uh, nerve conduction, if you will. Mm, okay. So leaves, everybody go out and get your arugula, <laughs> go out and get your romaine. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. And then, um, you did mention fruit as well. So is fruit, is fruit all the rage as well for sexual health? Is there like any specific fruit that you're like, wham, bam, that's the one. Yeah. Well, then no, I'm, I'm like in love with all of them. I, <laughs> I, <laughs> I like how they look. I like how, you know, I like the visual, the aesthetic, the taste, everything. I mean, fruit, um, fruit is, is rather magical. Um, berries are, are really great because they, um, they bring so much to the table. They're a little glycemic fruit. So even, you know, people who are dealing with diabetes can eat, can eat them mo- mostly some, some may not. Um, Tons of antioxidants, which again, one of the best things you can put in your body. And they have these things called polyphenols, which is a type of antioxidant, uh, which actually improves blood flow within a couple hours of eating it. I mean, the magnitude, it's not like taking a Viagra pill or something. It's more like a subtle improvement Sure. in, in blood flow. Those are great. Another thing though, as far as fruits that I really like are oranges. And oranges are cool because they have a lot of potassium in them. and Potassium is one of those things that we sorely neglect in our diets. Uh, So human beings used to take in about 10 times as much potassium in our diets as sodium. Mm. Now we take in about 10 times as much sodium as potassium. That sounds about right. (laughs) Yeah. And and the thing about it is all this sodium actually... um, sabotages our potassium even further. So it's wreaking havoc on our blood vessels and definitely making for worse sex. Wow. Okay. Thank you for that. Um, And then as far as, so I know that you are amazing with Chinese medicine and acupuncture and all of these things. As far as for people who maybe don't have the time or the money to go out to an acupuncturist and maybe be treated. Are there any practices with say acupressure or with breath work or anything of that nature that people can do at home to just start right away at, you know, increasing their blood flow, getting, I don't know, just all the tools that they need to actually help their sex life. Sure. Yeah. So, um, the purpose of acupuncture is to move the chi. The the basic premise of um, of Chinese medicine is that when chi is blocked or deficient, we have disease or we have pain. When chi flows abundantly and freely, it, we have health. So acupuncture moves chi along where where it's blocked. And those blockages can come from all sorts of things. We can get plaque accumulation in our arteries, which blocks the chi. We can have stress, which blocks the chi. Um, all sorts of things can block the chi. You know, our lifestyles. And we, we, when we say the chi is blocked, it's not the, it's not a metaphor. It's an actual physical, you know, 
phenomenon that, that she is truly blocked. And sure. so, um, so there are lots of other things that move the chi as well. You know, exercise is something that really moves the chi and helps keep the chi flowing. So that's something that people can do at home. As far as, you know, acupressure points, I mean, um, you know, I mean, if you, even doing a massage kind of moves things along, along the meridians to a certain degree, but I would say your best bet to move the chi, if you're not going to get acupuncture or something like that is, um, meditating, um, mm exercise and eating foods that don't block the cheese. So that McDonald's, that's like probably one of the worst, you know, chi blocking foods that you can eat because it's, it's loaded with fat, you know, depending on what you're eating, it may be loaded with sugar and all of those things are going to slow the chi. Totally. Okay. So cheeseburgers equals block chi. Um, Potentially. (laughs) What do you find? So of course, obvious things like McDonald's, but are there any kind of unobvious foods that we're ingesting that, that block chi or get in the way in some way? Yeah. um, Well, you know, that there's, let me just say a little bit about the, the most obvious ones, high fat, high salt, um, high sugar you know, those, those black sure. ditchy, um, especially like in, you know, refined sugars. So in the sense that they're less obvious, a lot of times they get, they come disguised as healthy foods like granola bars or bars yes. in general as these products that, you know, you'd be way better off shopping in the produce aisle and getting something that actually truly, you know, truly um, nourishes the body. Yeah. Uh, as far as things that, that you might not expect that you wouldn't want to eat, um, most of them are pretty obvious, you know, processed foods, you know, processed foods, they're going to load in salt, sugar, fat. So it's, you know, staying closer to nature again is just the, the general guideline that'll, you know, move us towards health. And when you say fats, are you talking also about, you know, what we would call quote unquote healthy fats like nuts and avocados or those are cool. Those are fine. Oh, definitely. I would say those are, those are good to have in the diet. You can, you can't, you can potentially overdo it on those because even the healthy fats um, can, uh, you know, can cause weight gain. They can, you know, cause uh, blockages as well. But they're the sort of thing we want in our diets. They're really, they're good for us. You know, have a handful or two of nuts every single day. Great. Have a half of avocado every single day. Great. You know, if you're having that, plus you're also loading up on cheeseburgers and other fats and your total fat is still really high, then you might want to be concerned. Then we're in trouble. Got it. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) That makes sense. Yeah. I love it. So if you, so random question, but I just, I'm, so I'm like a total foodie queen. So I actually own a, um, a chocolate company, but it's a (sighs) vegan, you know, sustainable paleo. So it's made with coconut sugar, vegan, all the things, um, chocolate, chocolate brand, And, um, and our whole thing is about conscious pleasure. Um, because I, I do find that in our culture, we have this relationship to pleasure. That's like super busted. Like I, I, it's like 
okay, if you're going to have this thing, like eat it quick. So you like, don't even process that you're having it, you know, or, oh, if yeah. you're going to have this experience, like you better be drunk to have it because like, oh, it's kind of sketchy. Like yeah. versus going to other cultures. Like if you go to France or something and you're sitting down for a four hour lunch and it's like, you're eating so mindfully and <laughs> with that, that essence of pleasure, um, so I really like appreciate all the things you're saying because I, I think the volume has really been turned down on pleasure and, you know, turning that volume up is I think what's going to be so freeing for many of us. Um, I would love to hear your take on pleasure, on conscious pleasure and why that's so important. Okay. So my mind is going in so many different directions. I mean, I, I just, so many bulbs got lit up what, by what you were saying. Love yeah. It. You know, um, it's pleasure is, um, you know, pleasure in food is so important. And it's like, especially with this whole concept of, um, diet culture and that you're supposed to beat your body into submission to get into this certain size that, that you think looks good. And it's not even about health necessarily. It's about like, you know, conformity, you know, it's about like depriving yourself of pleasure, quite honestly. And I, I feel like no matter what kind of diet plan you're on, and I don't say like diet, meaning like weight loss program, I just mean diet in general, whatever program you're following, it should include pleasure in food, you know, it's, (laughs) (laughs) and the thing about it is though, this is the tricky part. The really tricky part is this, when our society presents us with these really high fat, high sugar options, and it actually changes our body chemistry. It changes how we register pleasure. So what it does is it actually, the more really high fat, high sugar um, we eat, what it does is our body won't release as much dopamine. So it's like, it, it, it changes our body so that we then require more sugar and fat to trigger that pleasure response, that dopamine rush. So, but what you can do is you can train your body to, it's like, if you, if you change your eating habits, you will register very much pleasure with simpler things, you know, at like fruits and vegetables, you open up a, a thing of berries, they look beautiful. They're that beautiful red, you pop them in their mouth, they're juicy and it'll definitely shoot up your dopamine, but not when we're so tied to all these processed foods. It, it mm. just, you know, it, and it takes a couple of weeks to re uh, rewire your brain and rewire your kind of dopamine response. That totally makes sense. It's like, it's hard to find the pleasure of a blueberry when you're used to sweet tarts. It's like, yeah, it just isn't, it doesn't give you that like zing of a dopamine rush. That makes perfect sense. Yeah. I mean, something like chocolate is such a beautiful, beautiful food. It brings me so much pleasure. I'm such a chocolate. um, I got to send you some. Oh, thank you. Oh, yes. yes. I would love that. And you know, and it's high in magnesium too. Mm. which is, um, I don't know if you knew that, you know, I didn't talk about stuff, but yeah, <laughs> it's very, it's actually very high in magnesium, surprisingly high in magnesium. My theory is that that's why more women kind of crave chocolate is because, you know, we lose blood with the menses and, you know, we just are kind of looking for more magnesium. Um, 
That makes sense, actually. <laughs> and so. it's kind of, it has that, you know, it's like when you, so I take that calm tea stuff. I don't know if you've had that, but yeah. every once in a while, if I'm, you know, just wanting like a cozy, cozy moment and that's high in magnesium and it does kind of add that sense of like, it's like an exhale. And I think, yes. co- I think chocolate's like an exhale. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's really cool. That's really cool. Um, what do you think is, what do you think is the biggest obstacle emotionally to us experiencing our own pleasure if there's kind of a general thing that you think about. I think honestly, um, I think in so many ways we've lost humility. And so I just feel like our culture kind of pushes us into that. We push instead like feeling good about ourselves, you know, self-esteem, feeling confident and, um, also being independent and those are those can all be really good things but being interconnected and being reliant on one another is also a good thing and it um this the direction that we've kind of gotten with emphasizing the self so much can also kind of be this self obsession and you know kind of uh selfishness i feel like we're one of the most selfish cultures in the world, you know, where we live now. And I just, I I think that um, when you want to experience the, the most powerful, passionate lovemaking um, it's with an emphasis on your partner as well as yourself and, you know, bringing that kindness and moving beyond our own pleasure, moving beyond um, our experience and, viewing our partner as an equal in that, in that whole, in that whole thing. Yes. Yeah. I find, um, I'd love for your feedback on this when it's, when it's like, when the intention is to connect with the other person and to also like offer pleasure to the other person rather than what can I get? I've been with partners that it's all about like, what can I get? Yes. Um, and it's like, I can feel it vibrationally. I can feel it energetically. And it's just like, oh, it like feels slimed. Yeah, right. right. It's like, so, so not it. What, how, how can we maybe have that conversation or maybe shift that paradigm or kind of, I don't know, change our thinking around that? or dumb off the chump. I don't know, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, I think it starts with ourselves. Um, so often we look for partners who are kind and we forget to ask ourselves if we are kind, you know, Mm -hmm. because being a kind person also attracts, um, attracts that, that same thing, you know, that reciprocity. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I would say starting with ourselves and also the problem there's, there is, this does bring up an issue, and that is that um, women have always been the givers, you know, sexually they've been the givers and focus has always been historically on male pleasure. So how can we bring this, you know, selfless, you know, thoughtful kindness in wanting to care for our partner to our relationships while also acknowledging that um, historically we haven't been cared for, you know, we, it, the focus has been on the other person. So it's, I think it's, it's kind of a tightrope to walk because in advocating for ourselves, we can sometimes lose sight of the fact that we also want to be, um, you know, kind 
kind lovers as well, you know? So I think we need to think about both of those things, you know, being a kind lover and also being a feminist, you know, at the Mm. same time. And also looking for people, you know, who, who, who view things uh, the same way. Beautiful. Okay. So now talk to me a bit about your book. Talk to me about why you wrote it, why now, and all the things. Tell me everything. Sure. Sure. (laughs) So first I want to say this. I hope that I've achieved this. What I set out to do was to write a book that would be smart, funny, and provide a ton of really useful information. I wanted everything to be really well-researched, but I wanted it to be accessible and fun to read. So I hope I've achieved that. Uh, I I decided to write it because I didn't uh, think there was anything else out there like that. And I, I I didn't necessarily see the need for a, like a, another book on, you know, diet, but a diet focusing on sex, I thought was, would be really fun to write. And it would provide exactly what, you know, all the stuff that I tell my patients and that I can't possibly fit into an hour session, I would put all in this book, you know, like, (laughs) so like, oh yes, I read, I read this study saying, you know, this, oh, but, but on, on the other hand, there's this, you know, (laughs) there's very complex, um, you know, idea of what we should be eating for great sex and backed by all the science that says, okay, it's actually proven in clinically that this is good for you and and how this works. So that's the majority of the book is, um, is talking about food and sex. I also talked about environmental um, things that can interfere with sex. Um, You know, we've rolled out 5G and there's a lot of controversy over whether or not this is bad for health. Right. Um, and the thing about it is, as I looked at the research, I thought, you know, why, why is there this controversy? There's tons and tons of evidence showing that, you know, Wi-Fi does disrupt hormones. It's very clear in the research that it does. Wow. So, um, so yeah, you know, the, our exposure to Wi-Fi and, and EMFs uh, definitely can disrupt hormones. There's tons and tons of research to back that up. Mm. Is there anything we can do for that? Yeah, absolutely. So um, again, antioxidants are the, you know, the thing that, that comes first to mind. Um, the, the, that type of exposure, one of the biggest things is that it causes oxidative stress. And so antioxidants help, you know, deal with that oxidative stress. We're also exposed to a lot of things like heavy metals in our water and our food, in our air, you know, all over the place, we're getting exposed to these. And there are certain foods that can actually help um, offset absorption of these heavy metals. So, um, you know, getting a a nicer mineral profile in our diets can help. Mm -hmm. So um, there were a lot of studies that showed that people who had more calcium and magnesium and zinc in their diets absorbed less toxic heavy metals when exposed to them, for example. And dealing with the damage of those toxic heavy metals, um, you know, antioxidants, again, can help um, offset those that damage. So eat your chocolate, everybody. Get that magnesium <laughs> in, honey. Right. Uh, okay, cool. And then where are you, where do you fall on, just because it's like, I feel like everyone talks about it, everyone does it or they don't do it or whatever. Where are you on like cleansing? Cleansing, oh, like, like douches and things like that? Um, no, not necessarily douches, like juice cleansing or like, well, maybe oh, douches, not okay. too. I mean, okay. anything. 
Okay. Yeah. I thought you meant cleansing for, you know, preparing for the for sex actual sex. Act. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Hey, you know what? That's the second question. Let's go. Okay. <laughs> so cleanses. Yeah. There are a lot of ways to cleanse your body. And I think there are some really good, healthy ways. There are some that are not so healthy that are out there, but one of them is fasting. And I talked about fasting in the book. Oh, nice. Lots of research on that showing that you know, very moderate fasting. You don't want to go anything extreme because it can actually cause more hormonal disruption than, than you're helping. But, um, you know, just doing a, a kind of mini fast once a week can be really good to, nice. you know, and I talk about the research to support the benefits of that in the book as well. You know, it can have sexual benefits, but then you just get global health benefits. Oh, and I forgot to mention, besides all the sciencey stuff in the book, um, there are some tips for pleasing our partner. I have a chapter on, you know, what we were talking about, kindness in the bedroom, bringing that uh, to the table, as well as specific tips for pleasing our partner and fo- focusing on oral sex. Yes, go off. Okay, great. Um, and then, I mean, since we brought it up, I mean, do yeah. we have any information on cleansing the body in the other way? Is that like a thing that we should be doing well, or is that a thing to avoid? <laughs> I think any harsh cleansers are definitely not advisable. You know, um, women have got, have gotten the brunt of this over the years. I just wrote an article on women's history and sex. And I found online these ads marketing Lysol to women. Um, and it, it, they were so brutal. I mean, they were so brutal. They would show this picture of this guy with it. These are from actual ads from this, the fifties, this guy with his suitcase and this girl, this woman with this baby in her arms, and he's leaving, um, and he's, he, it says, she was a good wife, but she had one neglect, and it was oh feminine hygiene. And so... <laughs> oh, my God. We love we love the fifties and we want to burn it. <laughs> like like the image, like the clothes were fantastic. <laughs> but everything right. else burn it. Right. <laughs> so bad. Oh my God. Wow. Yeah. More so, you know, that. The, the, I did talk about that a little bit in the book, that the fact that there's, there's, there's been this, um, you know, women have gotten a bad rap as having an older, you know, and of course everybody has a bio, you know, the genitals, male and female, they have a biological odor, you know, obviously we can cleanse ourselves, soap and water, you know, something simple. Um, but, Either way, I mean, they have a biological aroma. That's just how it is. And, and you sure. can develop an appreciation for that in the same way that you develop an appreciation for a fine wine or, or other things that you might not have liked the first time. You can, you know, you develop positive feelings associated with that. And then, you know, you grow to, to like it. Um, so, yeah, I think... I think that we kind of have to get over our inhibitions uh, with that a little bit, because quite honestly, in my opinion, uh, anyone who calls themselves a good lover should know how to perform oral sex. I mean, Mm -hmm. male or female, I just feel like it's um, a fundamental. Totally agree. Totally agree. Um, Okay, great. Well, it's, I mean, we're already like almost at the time. Is there anything (laughs) else that you feel like, you want to leave us with anything else that you feel like you want us all to know about your book, about you or about your teachings? Uh, I would just say, you know, general principle, you know, stay close to nature and that's your, your best bet. If you're in doubt, 
you know, for great sex, for great health, for relationships, you know, trying to be kind and stay close to nature. Beautiful. Where can we get your book? Amazon. Uh, it's Diet for Great Sex. And my name is Christine DeLosier. Beautiful. And then can we connect to you online or on your website or anything like yeah, that? Yeah, my website is dietforgreatsex.com. And I'm also on social media. Beautiful. All right, Christine, thank you so much for being on the show. You are a gem. I think you gave us some really great tools. Great. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. All right, you guys, thank you so much for carving out the time to listen to this wisdom, to listen to uh, all this goodness. Um, once again, gentle reminder to please check out savagelosangeles.com to learn more about my new company that I'm so proud of. I hope it inspires you to create and cultivate a life that you dig. Um, and also if you are down and have, you know, oh, I don't know, 10 seconds, then please, please give this podcast a five-star review on iTunes. Super easy. Just give it five stars, maybe say a few kind words. And if you dug it, please share it with your friends. I would be over the moon with gratitude. Um, All right. You guys are the bee's knees. Much love. Stay savage.